Hey folks, John here, and welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn, and happy holidays. As for me, I'll be celebrating Christmas, and I wanted to share with you a special selection of my favorite Christmas films, and with that, some of my favorite holiday traditions I have cultivated for myself and my family throughout the years. This movie list is in no particular order, just a heaping pile of cinema that is comforting and warm. These films all have a special place in my heart and with the many fond memories. Even with some of the more rough years that I've had, and boy, can we all get a few of those, by watching these films, I've felt grounded and secure, somehow knowing that everything will be alright. I think it's only fitting that these precious types of films come at us when they do, at the end of the year. Christmas time and the holiday season in general tend to bring out the better in people. We can mull over the rough patches the previous year has doled out, but more often than not, we can be thankful to still be above ground and hopefully surrounded by family and friends. I won't presume to speak for everyone. I know the holidays can indeed brandish their own set of boxing gloves and can be a painful or lonely time for many. But maybe that's why we have certain festivities to reel us back in and make us feel safe. That's why with every movie I list here, I'm going to tack on a special part of the season that I feel is not only comforting, but in many ways is also very rewarding. I'll throw some films in at the end as honorable mentions. Just know full well that my list will invariably be different from yours. But that's okay. It's all subjective. I love that this art form which I mentioned in my very first episode, is, in my opinion, the highest form of art and therefore has the widest breadth to entertain us with. Different strokes make for the best chatter anyway. So, let's get started. Starting off is the 1990 Chris Columbus picture, Home Alone. By extension, I'm going to include Home Alone 2 in this as well. But this one is so memorable. I love Macaulay Culkin's Kevin, wise up and grow up, fending off his house from the two bumbling burglars. I love the score, the message, the many scenes of the house being booby-trapped, and just how darn rewatchable this film is as a whole. The first festivity I want to talk about is just the Christmas mood itself. I honestly feel more excited in the many weeks leading up to the big day than the big day itself. Like, as soon as Halloween ends, the season ramps up, and after Thanksgiving, everyone is just off to the races. But it's not so much about the shopping and presents. It's the happy season. The lights are out, the music is playing. It's so widespread culturally here in America, like it's just bred into the land. I'm not religious these days, and I understand the potential hypocrisy of celebrating a holiday where the major tenants are of the Christian theology, but that is the ubiquitous nature of the season. It can touch everyone. Next on our list is 1987's Lethal Weapon, directed by Richard Donner. From the opening credits to the officers singing carols around the halls of the police station, to Martin Riggs taking down coat dealers in the Christmas tree lot, Lethal Weapon just delivers on all fronts. 
I love this movie's energy. The partnership between Riggs and Murtal is so sincere. They have great chemistry together and play off each other very well. In many ways, this is more than a Christmas movie. But as a Christmas movie, it is larger than life and I can't go a year without it. Moving on to our next tradition, and speaking of Lethal Weapon's opening credits, which were graced with Jingle Bell Rock, this brings me around to Christmas music. I just love Christmas music. I'm going to try and keep this section a little short because I know I might never shut up otherwise. From rejoicing praises in church to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, hell, even that damn Mariah Carey song. Give me Christmas music in every shade it comes in. Next up, we have Gremlins. This 1984 Joe Dante picture added a little horror to the mix on my list. It's a bit cute, a bit creepy, and definitely not the best for smaller children, despite the adorable creature we see in the beginning of the film, which, you know, seems to suggest otherwise. This flick has a great score, which is memorable and catchy, and the whole film is just a wild ride. I love it. Moving on, I often use Gremlins to look at my past. I was a kid when I saw that movie for the first time, and it maintained this mystical anchor to my past. I like to take the holiday times and pull out all old photo albums, like real photo albums in books and plastic sleeves, and look at Christmases from years past. It's a good way to keep yourself humble with wisdom and hungry with pursuit. And also, never forget the past. If your past was bad, you have a roadmap of what you'd like to avoid in the future. If your past was lovely and quaint, it reinforces your appreciation of where you are now and to not take people and places for granted. Moving on, next up we have Training Places. Oh man, I love this one. This movie is so damn funny, I could never get enough of it. This classic from 1983, directed by the incomparable John Landis, has a killer cast and is a great take on the classic story of role reversal in the class system. Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd shine in every scene they're in. And of course, the beautiful Jamie Lee Curtis steals the show, well, at least in a few scenes for sure, I don't think I can even look at a mall Santa without thinking he might be a little drunk and have a salmon tucked under his fake beard. But speaking of salmon, let's talk about food. Christmas dinner is like Thanksgiving dinner with lower expectations. Therefore, the food seems less anxious and more enjoyable. My family has usually done the ham for Christmas, leaving turkey privileges strictly to Thanksgiving. But over the years, Dinner on Christmas has gone under various incarnations. Going against the grain is not as much of a faux pas as it used to be. We've had seafood, uh, steak. One year we even did a potluck and everyone involved had a great time. My bigger enjoyment comes from my Christmas Eve tradition of getting Chinese food. Well, in more recent years, my daughter has developed a taste for sushi. So we've adapted our Christmas Eve palate to that and no regrets. In the same vein of darkness that Gremlins had, my next film isn't the most Christmas-like film on the list and certainly isn't for the younger crowd. That is 1992's Batman Returns, directed by Tim Burton. This, to me, 
was the last good Batman film until Christopher Nolan rebooted the whole damn thing in 2005 with Batman Begins. And Batman Returns, it was a darker movie, and for some has lost some of its luster in later years, but I cannot deny its ambiance, its aesthetic, its total immersion into the cold and glow of Gotham City, and Hell's Bells, I just love Batman. This isn't the best Batman flick or Christmas flick, but it's sure pretty to look at and gets me into the holiday spirit with no problem. It's only fitting that the next tenant of Christmas celebration I cherish be the Christmas lights themselves. Whether they are on the tree, around the house, or in my case currently in my apartment, <laughs> draped across nails around my living room walls. It's the vibrancy of them. They're like little sirens calling for our attention. A favorite pastime of mine for years is getting a thermos of hot cocoa and driving around the neighborhood seeing all the pretty lights. Occasionally, you run by the rich guy's place, and he has a whole damn show tuned up and cranked out to some previously mentioned Trans-Siberian Orchestra. The lights are an extenuation of the beautiful spirit the holiday times exude. They're just remarkable. Funny enough, my next film knows all too well about Christmas lights. You might have already guessed it. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Directed by Jeremy Chechik and released in 1989, this movie is the gift that keeps on giving. I honestly don't think there's a movie that has more memes based on it than this one. Holy cow, I love this movie so, so much. I am pretty sure I can quote the damn thing end to end, especially the tirade that Chevy Chase's Clark Griswold gives at the end of the film, decrying his terrible boss. You know that scene. This is a Christmas Eve staple for me along with another film still to be announced on the list. I just have to see this one every single year. It's got a special place in my heart, no doubt. Since I already mentioned Christmas lights, another inspiring feature of the holiday season that Christmas Vacation reminds me of is the tree. The Christmas tree is in many ways the linchpin of holiday decorating. Simply put, it's the smell of the tree. The ornaments, which I love getting personalized ones, every year for my daughter it's the lights you know the sum of those little parts across the evergreen branches are beyond great my mother puts out a ceramic christmas village that she painted herself adjacent to the tree every year sometimes we'd even have a small model train running in a circular lap around the tree's base it's just a staple you have to have so this next film is not quite as dark, but certainly has its dark spots, and it's the second Richard Donner film on my list, 1988's Scrooged. First off, I just have to say, I, I fucking love Bill Murray. The man has never failed to make me laugh, and he really shows off his range in this film as he plays this aloof, sleazy, and douchey TV exec. He gets the Christmas Carol treatment with three ghosts coming to visit him, to show him how much of an aloof, sleazy, douchey dick he is. The ending of the film is also a great tender moment. It's a little cheesy, but it still works its magic on me every time. Now, Scrooged is about surrounding yourself with love and tenderness, and giving back and giving more if you can spare it. So what this means to me, in an act locally, think globally type of way, is love yourself, 
your neighbor, your family, and yes, even your stranger. I suppose this aspect of Christmas is a little on the heavier side compared to the other parts I've mentioned, and maybe I could have left it at the bottom of this list to make for a more solid ending. But why wait? From decorating the house with your family, to singing carols, to taking old clothes and toys and giving them to those who might need them a little bit more, that's a part of the holiday season that punches at a higher weight class. I won't presume to get all preachy about it, just know that for me, it's very much tied to my earlier recitations of reflection and gratitude I mentioned earlier in the episode. The bigger heart I have, the more I can give to other people. But moving on with the list, this next film may seem out of place when you put it against the films I've already mentioned, but it just has this magnetism to it that I've never been able to shake off. Of course, I'm talking about John Pasquin's 1994 flick, The Santa Claus. Now, I gotta keep it real. I love this one. I remember watching it when it came out. I was very young and I was just so entrapped by someone's automatic responsibility to becoming Santa and carrying that weight literally around and in doing so, becoming a better person. Now, say what you want about Tim Allen, the person, but he nails it as Scott Calvin in this flick. This was the mid-90s and Tim Allen was flourishing with his hit TV show, Home Improvement. A movie like this with him in the leading role was inevitable. I love the scenes in the North Pole, how Scott becomes a better father to Charlie, and I really love that Elf Bernard. Like, I wanna grab a beer with that guy. He just seems like an IPA type of fellow. While brewing beer has never been a customary tradition in my family, Baking Cookies has. I have even carried on this tradition into adulthood, baking cookies on my own and bringing them to coworkers and to friends. And I mean, I go all out. I buy nice tins, I get all types of flavors. It's just a fun way to gift someone something that isn't too expensive with money, but they know you gave them your time. Which is still very special if you ask me. Okay, we're down to the last two films on my list. This next one is the most recently released edition. It's 2015's Krampus by Michael Doherty, who directed the brilliant Halloween-based film Trick or Treat. Side note, I did a guest spot about Trick or Treat over on the show Two Guys and Some Horror. So if you're in the listening spirit after this, go give my buddies Curtis and Clark some love. They're super rad dudes, and I would really appreciate it if you did that. So anyway, Krampus gets a spot on my list because I just dig its vibe. It's such a fun way to bring this folk tale to life. It's not the greatest horror film or Christmas film for that matter, but it's a definite comfort film and with each viewing, I love it a little bit more. It has some pretty good laughs, some great scares, and still manages to hang a decent holiday message above all the chaos that we see on screen. Now, if you've seen Krampus, You'll recall the opening of that film reflects the, shall I say, the lousier side of humanity when it comes to this time of year. The rushing rat race of consumerism as people trample and fight as they shop for gifts. Now, I know it's the classy, dignified thing to say that Christmas isn't about gifts. And while that is true, I do thoroughly enjoy buying stuff for other people. 
I guess it's a love language I've adopted through the years. But the reason I love it so much is it's a great way to express to people that you know them, that you see them. My gift giving isn't always on target with this direction, but whether the item I get someone is practical or meaningful, I feel confident that they know I was truly shopping for them and not simply checking a box. I mean, I've given lousy gifts before, and I have been given lousy gifts. Stuff that you smile through clenched teeth at? Not that you are ungrateful at the gesture, but saddened that you might get the feeling that the giver really doesn't know you at well at all, or even cares to know you? What I'm trying to say is that for me, gift giving is a gift itself. A way to express to someone that you see them and that you know them. And that is something I feel is truly priceless. Okay, time for the last film, but before I get there, I'm going to list a few films that I also feel embody some fragment of the holiday spirit, some definitely more than others. They just didn't happen to make my list. Did they make yours? Let me know. But my honorable mentions are The Grinch, Eyes Wide Shut, Just Friends, Edward Scissorhands, Black Christmas, Jingle All the Way, the classic cartoons like Rudolph and Frosty, and of course, The Nightmare Before Christmas. A dishonorable mention, I'm sorry to say, is Elf. Well, sorry, not sorry. That movie has just never done it for me. Please don't hate me, but it is what it is. Sorry. All right, last film. If you know me at all, I'm pretty sure you already called this one. It's Die Hard. I know. Big shock, right? This 1988 action film directed by John McTiernan has dug in hard roots in the Yuletide cinematic landscape. I must concede that Die Hard wasn't aimed to be a Christmas movie, and looking at it with a wider aperture, it really isn't one. Now, do I consider it a Christmas movie anyway? You're goddamn right I do. It's an action film that was filmed on a set that forgot to take down its Christmas lights. Let's just be honest here. But there's just so much in here to unpack that just screams Christmas. A Santa hat on a dead bad guy? A donut-eating cop singing Christmas carols? Hell, the impetus of the whole plot of the takeover is at a Christmas party. And it has a happy Christmas-type ending to boot with the ash of the burning building looking like snowfall. I mean, come on. Alright, well, moving on from Die Hard, feel free to have your own opinion on the subject, but that's where I stand with it. Let's talk about my last part of Christmas. And this plays directly into my mandatory annual screening of Die Hard, and that is Christmas Eve. This is the moment, this is the day, this is what it's all been leading up to. From setting out milk and cookies for Santa and carrots for the reindeer, to reading Twas the Night Before Christmas, to dimming the lights and letting the stockings and tree glow incandescently, it's more than a day. It's an experience. It's the anticipation, the longing, the excitement. It's all come down to this day, and frankly, there just isn't another exciting day of the year for me that can hold a candle to it. Okay, folks, that's it. This was a very special episode for me. Lots of personal takes on things, and if you're still with me, I hope you enjoyed them as well. Let us be thankful and hopeful that 2021 will be a better year. 
I ask that even if you can't save the world, at least take time for yourself. Remember, health is wealth. I have one or two more things in the shoot for the show before we get to 2021, so please stay tuned. So thanks again for hanging out and listening, and as always, take care, guys. <laughs>